Hello and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye. And as always, I'm R. Neville Johnston. Welcome to the show. And uh, this evening it will be just me. Mary is on sabbatical. And uh, what uh, the show started with the idea of being able to uh, reach a forum large enough to actually create a change in the way in which people think. And we've done very well. Uh, there's, uh, humanity has advanced to an enormous degree. Uh, there are people that are aware that, that they have more than one spirit guide and other things. And, and let's go a little bit further. In this evening's show, I would like to dedicate to you, the audience, could you um, please call in and ask if you have a question about anything uh, between the sunspots and the rapidly increasing consciousness that we humans have and um, the enormous, enormous volume of assistance we get during dream time from a um, uh, uh, huge number of extraterrestrial terrestrial races uh, that have come here uh, to assist us uh, in becoming more conscious. Every one of these advanced civilizations um, are benign and loving. Uh, you know, we have seen so many uh, sci-fi horror movies that, uh, you know, an unbelievably benign alien, uh, Elliot, uh, could uh, show up and be trampled to death by uh, people that are, well, the word is paranoid. Paranoia means that you are feeling powerless. That's what it means. If you see someone having a paranoid psychosis, uh, you can start with the idea that they don't feel that they have power. And uh, if you do that gently and kindly enough, you can more or less talk them down from such a position. Uh, however, on this evening's show, if you would uh, be so kind as to call in and ask a question about anything that, that troubles you, anything that, uh, or call in and talk about how you have uh, recognized the role of all these falsehoods uh, in your reality and how you are prepared to do something about it, prepared. Uh, the biggest strength any human being has, which happens to be a thousand times stronger than any government, political system, GMO, you name it, we're more powerful than it, uh, except that we have sp spent a lifetime being told, many lifetimes, not just this lifetime, uh, being told how powerless we are. It's all you hear from, uh, there's a many, many expressions in the languages that we speak that say, um, just my luck, oh, that couldn't be, uh, I, I don't believe it. That is one of the insanely, what is that word again? Less than aware things that you can say. I don't believe it. Well, it was a meteorite and it took out the town. <laughs> See the smoldering crater? Yes, do you believe it? I can't believe it. Good. <laughs> We have nothing further to talk about. This is the idea that uh, we're here. This is a golden opportunity um, to query any thing that you don't really understand. Uh, why do people pick on other people? Well, that's an easy one because the, the person doesn't, the person is creating that, the person being picked on. Let me just start with the latest things that are flying through my head, uh, which is that we all have a connection to the universe, and what we perceive as reality is actually coming through us. 
the form of the matrix is consciousness, the more you are aware of your consciousness, the more you create reality. If you are, and there are people in, in different countries on this planet that are um, able to uh, walk through walls, able to do things that I personally am not yet able to, but I understand that it is just my beliefs, which is more than most people understand. You know, if I believe the ground is solid, the ceiling is up and all this stuff, it, it remains that way. But supposing I believe the ceiling was down and the floor was up and that would be, here's the, the book that I've put out, the series of books uh, that talk about the fact that you're, yes, uh, talk about the fact that um, our language creates our reality. There's, um, we'll do a simple language code. Okay, so you say, um, I had the week from H-E double hockey sticks, right? Now we know what I'm saying, okay. So supposing you said, instead of that, you said, I had a week that was most challenging, okay? Now we might catch on to the double hockey stick thing, uh, but challenging, gee, that means that you believe that week was bigger than you. Well, yes, if you're calling it the week from heck, you're believing it's bigger than you. And so if you say you're, cha okay. But what if you said, that week was very stimulating. Almost nobody would catch on to the hockey stick. <laughs> okay, well, it was a very stimulating week. Okay, now, now supposing that just really isn't enough, supposing you wanna actually sound enlightened, supposing you said, well, that week was very enlightening. You ready? Call in if you wanna go any higher than this because this isn't the, the ceiling or the floor, either one. The way in which we perceive reality is determined by the way in which we think. The way in which we think to a very large part is in the language that we think in, French? No, uh, whatever language you think in, it's determining the reality you exist in. So if someone is habitually pointing out what could go wrong, what has gone wrong, what will therefore go wrong again, you could say, well, interesting, but please, I'm making my own decisions and uh, this will be what I decide. I will decide that things are not going wrong. I will decide that they are conducted into reality via magic. And before you change the channel on the word magic, oh, go ahead and change it. I, uh, just be a skeptic, I'm not interested. By the way, the word skeptic means that uh, uh, it's my job to convince you and it's not. It's not. Yeah. Uh, all right, so. Well, I'm going to, um, this is um, one of the middle books on the language, which is, got everyone's attention. Dun, 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 dun. There we go. Hi. <coughs> oh, yes, this is the Protocols book, which is um, when I wrote it, and I think that was around 10. No, I was around 10. No, the year was around 10. It's really, you know, to have the century start over again right in the middle of your life. Who are these people? How dare they change the century? It's just getting into the rhythm with the one nine in front of things. 11 Self-Empowerment Protocols, which I would just call the Protocols book, is talking about ways of overcoming the way in which you think. 
and why would we want to overcome the way in which we think? Well, that is because the way in which we think doesn't work unless you really are happy being a slave. Um, did I say slave? I meant indentured. Did I say indentured? I meant uh, held back, meant um, without sovereignty, meant uh, no spine, meant uh, uh, which way the wind blows. And let's stop that. Let's take command of our reality. There's no reason we aren't out amongst the stars. Those that have found the great experience of Star Trek, that whole series of uh, what mankind could be exploring, uh, meeting civilizations that aren't as advanced as us. And believe me, I don't mean going to some other country. I mean uh, going to some other planet. There aren't that many. There, there, a lot of them are more advanced than we are. A lot of them are seriously advanced. But you, here, here, this is the safety thing, just so you understand. To be a truly advanced civilization, you therefore must recognize love. Does that make sense? Did I hear the entire military-industrial complex go, whoa, <laughs> but we've been selling you people fear for years and you've been buying it. We can get you to give up money. We can get you to do anything. Yeah, boring. Not interested in it anymore. It's, it's just not the place to go. I, I, I came here to have a life. My life will include love and joy and beauty and truth and harmony and uh, all of these things. And the more people want to... I, I have so many flags in my head or alarms go off and... Um, I'm always studying, there's nothing else to do around here. And um, so I'm reading about the ascension, uh, the, the idea of the, uh, um, what I've been working for, I've been studying the ascension for simply ever. There's tons of things I could say about it. But um, what happened was an author I particularly believe in was talking about how not everyone would ascend and therefore I took that personally because that's the way we've all been taught to think. And um, that's the home number, by the way. If you're calling that, you're not calling the number. I don't remember the regular number, but it'll be up in a second. So it took me, I'm thinking, maybe two weeks before I went, what was I worried about? <laughs> what in the world? was I worried about. Now, during the two weeks, I, I recognized the idea that the... Um, um, see, I had been looking up for so long, I forgot to look down. And if you look down, you will see your subconscious. When you look down, you will see your inner child, which is maybe a four or five-year-old that has yet to be frightened, that has no idea of their mortality that does nothing but have fun and laugh and does not know how to lie yet. There's an exact moment. Scientists, and we love scientists, um, were testing these kids and they would teach a kid an optical illusion and then that kid would show the optical illusion to another kid, um, which was in a sense sensory lying. And so how well the other kid could get the other kid that's two kids down uh, to believe in the optical illusion would determine how close he was to the ability to lie, which I think is a great way to measure our children, don't you? you know, well, come on, you can do this. All right, so uh, 
There's just so much in this. Um, yeah, this was um, a quote by Helen Keller. Although the world is full of suffering, it is also full of overcoming it, which I think is a really brilliant quote. And so I put it starting on the chapter called, uh, which is Protocol 1, uh, called uh, I Claim My Power. Now we've done that a hundred million times on the show. You wake up in the morning and instead of going over what you think you did wrong yesterday, which is the result of the alarm clock shattering your connection to dream time, when you say, I claim my power, instead of what do I feel bad about that happened yesterday, and then I personally, I have a guide that uh, comes in at that point. You know, if I, if I got caught in some confusion uh, and woke up and was thinking about what uh, I could have done differently the day before, I have a guide whose job, his single job, is to go, you're going to be all right. That's his only job. That's it. He's going, you're going to be all right. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Neville. This is John Donahue. John Donahue, hey, how you doing? What's new? What do you hear? What do you say? <laughs> Good to hear you, my friend. Good to see you. Yeah, can we turn John's voice up, please? We were adjusting all the levels and everything. So yeah, what can we do for you, John? Well, as I'm getting older in life, <laughs> uh, I am finding uh, more of an awakening to consciousness. Excellent. And my question to you is, uh, is it possible that different parts of our being, the consciousness of, of different parts of our being, can come into consciousness at different rates? In other words, some of oh, us yeah. would be evolving, uh, yet some of us not. And How do you get all those pieces to work together? Okay, and that was basically when I, I realized not uh, the, the ascension thing which I want to dismantle anybody that might have fear about that. Don't worry, you're going to take care of it. You're going to be ascending. You, John, will be ascending. Well, you wouldn't be calling in this show if you weren't. But it is perfectly natural if you take a, you know, a class full of kids. One of them's really good at math but can't draw to save themselves. And then another one's really good at science but, uh, um, but does sports not and you know on and on and on so everybody's going to have different strengths but at the at the point where we go into the next dimension up and then the almost immediately and i mean about two years difference at least according to drunvalo uh from fourth from third to fourth and then from fourth to fifth um we're all going to be there it's all going to be okay we're all going to have a good time this fear of, of separation this fear all of the grand number of fears that they've taught us on the planet, which was very good of them to do, because I couldn't imagine more fun than, than you know, the House of Mirrors arcade that we have going on here. It is a lot of fun, but now you're going to do it. You're going to make the cut. You've got no worries. Now, from that point of view, then, it becomes that we, like this show, we want to, wherever we possibly can, to lend a helping hand to anybody that's not yet um, advancing at uh, the rate they could be advancing at. No judgment, everybody's advancing at the perfect rate for them. Just that, um, you know, like I've gotten clues from a lot, I do relentlessly seek teachers, 
relentlessly uh, read books on um, all these subjects about becoming more consciousness, becoming more conscious. And then um, my ego takes me out and I watch uh, Nicolas Cage and drive angry. <laughs> and then I come back and go, what in the world happened there? Two hours I was gone, where did I go? What would have happened in the two hours otherwise? No, you gotta have a little, you gotta have a little time off. No. Uh, that kind and loving attitude. Um, there was some book, and I don't remember, but they were saying the basic essence of the basic substance of everything is love, okay? And very specifically, the mother's love for the child. And I see that being a male incarnate, I really understand that. And, uh, but the male love is important too, and so the book goes into the idea of thinking in trinities. Uh, so we have a male and female, or plus and minus, uh, okay? And then the third point of view, plus, minus, neutral male, female uh, awareness. We had just on and on and on. Um, uh, so around 2000, no, whatever year it was, uh, I read the Urantia book, and, uh, which is quoted in here. Urantia book has absolutely no copyright infringement. It opens with, <laughs> I sent um, one of the books to the publisher where the, uh, the introduction to the book said, by the way, copy this, however, teach it to everyone you know. Just spread the word on this thing. And the company said, whoa, no, we, wait, we have to make money off this. We don't want people copying it. So in order to get it published through the publisher, and we love the publisher, uh, I agreed that, that that would be removed from the... Uh, uh, so it was refreshing to find in the Urantia book, which is in 70 languages, and um, uh, an untold number of copies exist in the... Uh, immediate world. It was channeled in the 30s, lost during World War II, rechanneled in the 50s. And, and it's an amazing read. It took me... <laughs> um, should we tell the Urantia? John, are you still there? I'm, I'm still here, Neville. Yeah. And, and can, you actually, can you actually spell the title of that, of that U -R -A -N -T -I -A. book? U-R-A-N-T-I-A. The book explains that that is the actual name of the planet Earth in mm -hmm. a language long forgotten. We've forgotten a lot of languages. We spoke on this planet a lot. Urantia. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. So would you, in, 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 tr in, trying, to, in trying to summate in, in, in one idea, if that's, if that's possible, Okay. Uh, the the ascension to a higher consciousness is a process of peeling away fears. Uh, that is a correct answer. Okay. And um, so the new book I'm working on uh, is designed to convert our language into um, a way of thinking that very easily recognizes love in absolutely everything. I because. Understand. We, it's, uh, you take a human being and you say love and they go, sweet, okay? Mm -hmm. And then I say, well, what about bitter? Like, I can't bitter. Okay, now our bodies w were and are designed to recognize everything is love, but our brains, okay, now our brains in my way of thinking are divided into two camps. There are the brains that insist that this is an ideal world. 
And so if something goes wrong in the ideal world, uh, then there is only um, uh, disappointment as a recourse. Now, and the other group, and there's a third group, of course, and that's not quite here yet, so we'll talk about that on another occasion. I mean, I understand it, but... And then those that realize that this is a perfect world. Now, if something goes wrong in the perfect world, you are, your only recourse is to figure out why that's perfect. <clears throat> now, in order to figure out why it's perfect, you have to recognize it as love. Yes, love. You right, know, home I alone. See. I see. No, yeah. I, I understand. Now, to relanguage everything as a form of love puts you absolutely light years beyond everyone you know. Mm -hmm. And there isn't, well, seriously, and I'm still looking for people uh, that can, language can understand it. See, all of your senses are designed to recognize love. So if we use the word bitter, well, how is bitter love? Okay, so you've just mowed the grass and it's a little over 200 degrees outside and you had a push mower and you've been sweating and some angelic just dances out to you and presents you with lemonade, lemonade. And you go, ah, ah, right. Was that bit? No, that was amazing. And Mary talks about the idea that the um, uh, lemon is a unique being on our planet and it spins the matrix the other way. And so that's why people, um, why lemon is so good is that it, okay, so uh, right there and you were about to collapse from heat exhaustion, uh, you're brought back to life by that. And so, well, yes, of course that's love. So love can be bitter. Yes, when love is bitter, you really are well educated. The Urantia book set up the, the Trinity and so then, see, we're bipolar. Negative, positive, negative, positive. And that's our whole life. If you tell me you've been diagnosed bipolar, what you're telling me is that you take your time. It's Wednesday, I'm happy, happy, joy, joy. Mm -hmm. Oh wait, it's, what day, what did I start on Tuesday? So then the next day it's, oh, bitter, and I'm going to um, um, destroy the world and all that good stuff. I, oh, and it's Thursday, it's happy, happy, joy. It's Friday, so it's Saturday, oh God, could I get a break? Could I just stop flopping back and forth? Okay, yes, you can stop flopping back and forth when you realize that there's two sides to a coin and there's the edge. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm going through um, the entire of my vocabulary looking for polar opposites. Good, bad, up, down, back, forth, this, that, we, they. Okay, and I, it strikes me that for every one of those pairs, there's a third point of view. So when I get to the big kahuna, and we love kahunas, by the way, regardless of their size, uh, when I get, oh, good and evil, good and evil. What is it, what thought makes good and evil into being exactly the same thing? Now, by this time, I have quite a range of what the third thing may look like. And it strikes me that good and evil are the same thing. Just as yin and yang, you, you must have one to define the other. 
So they're the same thing. All right, I'm getting it, but it doesn't move my pancreas. It, um, but I know I'm getting closer, and so uh, good and bad are the same thing because they are both judgment. And all judgment is, of course, prejudgment. <clears throat> all judgment is the way you've been taught to think. Okay? And that's a little closer. And yeah, I see uh, good and evil are both judgment. I get it. Yeah. Okay. And then it strikes me like lightning. And from then on, uh, a couple of weeks later, I had a dream. A couple of months, however long it was, I can never measure time. I never could. It's not like I lost anything. Time's an interesting concept. Okay, so an undetermined interval of time later, it strikes me that good and evil are the same thing because they are both teachers. Ooh, ooh. Now, if I am educated by the forces of not so nice, when I can stand up again, I'm actually extremely well educated. Now, when I am educated by that benign, loving, maternal mother's love, I barely notice. I, I don't necessarily account where I was taught. I don't recognize it. I am definitely different, but I'd have to go back and carefully figure out exactly. So, love you, mom. I would have had no self-esteem. Uh, mom always says, you know, you don't worry about it. You can get back in the game, no problem. And Dad always says, stand up, get in the game, you can do this. See, both of them are necessary. But the idea that there is good or evil and the constant insanity of choosing sides, which is definitely insanity, because no matter what it is that you choose as good, it will turn out not to be so good. And no matter what it is that you choose the other, it will not turn out to be quite so other. If, yeah, so this is the, the ridiculous, the, that's the word, it, it just, now we love it because, see the whole point of the new book is everything is a form of love. It is a matter of how long it takes you to recognize it as a form of love. And that's advanced theorem in my mind um, it used to be between the event and the recognition of that event being on your side, that distance can be measured in time, yes, but it can also be measured in vocabulary. In other words, there's the event, there is almost immediately the response, pardon me, there's almost immediately the reaction, and then the response can be years from that. So I tagged the word betrayal. So betrayal actually means freedom. When you use the word betrayal, what happens is you set off a program in your mind that in my kind estimation takes 15, 16 years, okay? And during that time, <clears throat> the thoughts that you think are characterized by an assorted, assorted forms of hatred. You hate the other person for being who they really are. You hate yourself for not knowing they're who they really are, and everybody hates you because you will not shut up about it. And then one day, ding, like the turkey's done, ding, like the turkey's done, you recognize, well, thank goodness that happened because now I'm free. Therefore, betrayal means freedom. Got that? 
I do. Yeah. yeah. Now this goes on and on and on. I mean, this this is the self empowerment book, and um, I have incorporated a lot of this into the new book. Uh, this concept of um, you know, I could never figure out. Now I'm I'm very amendable to help. I request help. I I petition. I will receive. I love being helped. This was not me a while ago, uh, but it is me now. Okay. And so, in being willing to receive help, fine. Now, a lot of and I will help whoever it is I can possibly help when I can help whoever that is that I can possibly help. So the, this is a transformation that's going on in me that it's all right to receive. Uh, because before it wasn't. Now, in the pristineness of not being interested in help, I had only myself to rely upon. Now, that was very good during the time that that lasted. Uh, because, and I'm going to be divergent, but then I'll come back. If you ask anything in the form of a question, you have instantaneously languaged the answer to that question as outside of you. And in fact, the question mark is the, you know, the cord that connects from the top of your head straight to whoever that is. John, you're still there? Yes, still here. Yeah, okay. Um, well, do you, uh, let me just finish the point. Uh, the question mark is that cord being snipped, if you see what I'm saying. Right, right. Okay. Now, so the answer is in you. So I will still search for the answer in me first. But if I'm not immediately getting results, then I will indeed request assistance. And so in doing this, I, I find that I suddenly have more books coming at me. Other people have written books that I want to read, uh, especially information on Arcturians or Pleiadians or uh, sacred geometry um, and the connection straight straight up but this um, well I really appreciate your uh, oh John your dialogue on that yeah John thank you for calling and um, yeah call in John we'd love to hear from you call back later if you have more questions and, and love to you and yeah Mary thank you okay now and we did betrayal and there was a uh, thread there that has escaped me but it, I don't want to be threadbare, so, you know, threadbare is this animal that, no, wait. All right, that's where my mind goes. <laughs> Robin Williams was killed by Zoloff. Okay, so chemical poisoning. By the way, they're going, um, that will be, that will come out that he was poisoned through these chemicals that they let children take. Okay, just, by the way, just for everyone to know. Uh, okay. Well, somebody else call in. What's a good question? Otherwise, I'll go back here. Now, what's the question? What would you like to know? It said uh, in large print, everybody created the perfect body to accomplish the life's lesson designed for this particular incarnation. Uh, when I teach face reading, I teach that absolutely everyone has indeed a perfect face, including me. You do. What are you going to do about it? That's exactly what's going on. You also have the perfect body for what it is you came here to catch on to. No exceptions. That's the deal. Okay? 
that's the deal. And, but uh, the insanity brought to us by Hollywood, where <laughs> no one can quite be beautiful enough, uh, and it won't last if you are. Oh, come on, nobody can see. It's because we're never taught to look inside of people. We're never taught that. We're only taught to look at the surface of other people. And that's really very silly because that's not who... In nature, I grant you that if you go out in the woods and that is a pine tree, it is not an oak tree pretending to be a pine tree. It is not an oak tree that put on pine bark and stood there and made little spiky needles instead of um, whatever the thing, oh, oak leaves. Yeah, okay, so I admit the surface of, but we, us, not they, them, yeah, us. Oh, this is the waveform generator, which we've had on the show for so many years. And um, this is a device by which you can amplify your thoughts. Now, I am never going to take your power from you. Your thoughts are powerful and they will manifest. The thing about it is when we get caught in these little loops, I want a, 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 I want a. Okay, now you can see how that becomes a, a short circuit, an OCD. Um, uh, why do I bother with all these letters? Uh, uh, oppositional personality disorder, you know, whatever that is. So you put, here, we put a program into this. Just a moment. Okay, so this is programmed. Now this will broadcast that until I tell it not to. Did I get that backwards? If we have a shot of this up, can I see it again? Or not, okay. Yeah, no, I just wanted to see something or other. Uh, there we go. Earthquake, run! Now I'm back now. Uh, in this we, um, in this book, I went through the seven stages of fear. Okay, and I don't really feel I have to do that because everybody's living <laughs> this. What I'd like to do is cut to the chase and say that whatever it is you're afraid of, it's not there, it's not real, it's not happening. Oh, you believe it, and because you believe it, you have a sterling body of evidence to convince you that it's there and it's real. But there's a much bigger body of evidence <clears throat> that would indicate that this is not the case at all. Uh, so, mankind and their ridiculous sense of humor. And I, I'm one of mankind. I'm not sure exactly what kind I am, but I'm certainly one of. So, the, um, in the Middle Ages, where we're stabbing each other with sharp, pointy things, somebody comes along and invents armor and so the sharp, pointy things don't work nearly as well. And um, there we go. And that's the crystal ball, which is now programmed. Can anybody feel the program I put into that? Give us a call in if you can do that. But I'm really looking for people to ask questions about um, what it is that puzzles. Hello, help, I'm in the crystal ball now. Yes, I am. And I'm not there anymore, so I can drop the accent. Okay. 
We were somewhere. Oh, the pointy things. Right, okay. So as soon as the armor comes along, then someone invents gunpowder, and then the bullet goes right through the armor, and we stop building armor for several centuries until, until somebody comes up with Kevlar, which does a good job of stopping the bullet. And about 35, 40 seconds later, somebody cuts a bullet with Teflon, goes right through the Kevlar, and we haven't learned a thing yet. You want the true armor? Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Neville. Hi. This is Lil Elston. How are you? Well, good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, sitting here in my, in my new home in Springfield, Missouri, watching Excellent. you. Excellent. Oh, hi. Hi. Um, yeah, hi. <laughs> so, listen, I'm, I'm just really resonating with um, a lot of things that you're saying. Oh, good. Because um, uh, I have your books, and um, a lot of happened to me since the last time you and me and Mary were together. So mm -hmm. um, I've moved to Springfield, Missouri uh, about two months ago. And as soon as I stepped up here into my grandmother's home, I stepped into my path and Ooh. things are just happening at a very high rate of speed. Um, yeah, everything is like opening up. All the people that I'm supposed to meet are coming to me. Mm -hmm. um, and, but one thing that always resonates with me is um, one of those dinners that we had in Portsmouth, Ohio, you had said something to me about you're not learning, you're remembering. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I kind of feel that's where I'm at right now. It's like everybody that I'm meeting, it's like I'm remembering <laughs> being here. I'm remembering mm -hmm. these conversations. I'm remembering all this stuff. So I think one of the – I think a question I have for you is about – um, patience and about letting go of like this 3D, like the, I'm, I'm trying to disconnect from whatever that previous thing was that I had that I wasn't resonating with. And, mm -hmm. and how do I, I'm just wondering how, you know, I'm kind of an impatient person. Welcome so, to the club. Well, yeah. And while everything is happening here, it, to me, even though there is no time, it's happening at a very high rate of speed. I'm still feeling a little impatient. It's like, I, I want more, I want to get more, I want to yeah. know more, but I also want to let go, I want to, I want to let go of that other stuff too. So I'm just well, wondering if you have any ideas about any of this, and I know you yes, have ideas about everything. Quite a bit. So the impatience is something we all have because uh, we're used to not having a body, and we're used to uh, whatever thought it is that we have just manifest like that. I could not, when I was first incarnate, and I was probably under, well, definitely under 10 years of age, I could not understand why thinking of it didn't create it. I just could not get that through my head. I thought of that, and it's not there. How, who, what, so I understand that, and that's the basis of all impatience. I thought of it, why isn't it manifesting? Okay, well, uh, this show does not have a time delay, <laughs> which is fine with me, because uh, you know we could go a lot faster than uh, any of this. I, I, you know, um, especially if I'm in front of a group of people, as uh, somebody stopped me in the middle of one of the seminars and said, and I um, something to me, and and then they said, well, I was just watching the neurons fire in your brain, and I go, oh, okay, good, and then I went right on with whatever I was saying. 
but I, I can see how all that happens. So what you're talking to me about is the development of what we would call emotional mastery, what we would call um, uh, patience. Okay, um, a part of what makes us so insane is that we attach, I have to have that, okay, attaching to outcome. Uh, as far as I can tell, one of the very first things you really have to catch on to on the planet Earth uh, is that if you are attached to outcome, it is so unlikely to happen because the attachment to outcome is in and of itself resistance. And what we, are, what we came down here to catch a hold of is resistance. Now, uh, the new book and I am saying that we have to love everything. Well, then what is it that we love about resistance? Well, resistance is an attribute of traction. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, without resistance, our incarnation would be flash paper. <laughs> oh, the ocean, I'm going home. <laughs> Where'd he go? Right back in the ocean. I see, well, he had enough time then, or she. Uh, okay, so resistance, so the ultimate cure of this is the revelation that sometimes you resist and sometimes you don't. It has to be a call that you make in your thinking. All right. Now, resistance, so daily I meditate on resistance and uh, the end of the resistance meditation ends with um, I accept, I allow, I surrender, I receive. So if you say, all right, I'm encountering all this resistance to what it is I would love to happen. Well, all right, I accept this. Now, when you accept it, you language it as your own idea. Uh, you say, well, I allow this. Well, when you allow it, you're much bigger because you're allowing it. And then when you surrender to it, you're, you're not attached at all. You just let the flow go. And then you receive. So I've said, um, Resistance is the rock in the river, and this is a very egoistic thing, egoic thing to say. The river is going to win. <laughs> the river will wear away the rock, we guarantee it. It may take a while. Now, the rock in the river. The river is not aware of the rock because the river is doing the flow. The rock is not aware of itself because it's aware of the flow that's going on all around it. And so the rock is the simile for the uh, part of us that um, resists. Part of us that um, doesn't know enough to let go, to let it flow. And so that's where the meditation comes in. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been getting such great um, uh, movement forward in the I've trained myself over so many years that, uh, so you wake up, okay, and then I have a little button that I push that starts the formation of meditation. And then uh, uh, however much time is afforded, uh, but a lot of times I come up with a great deal of um, a revelation in the morning. All of that about uh, resistance came from, um, now above resistance, uh, is okay. We're getting strange signals here. 
uh, above resistance is, and this is a quote from Marianne Rada, above resistance is doubtless love. If you are doubting it, you are not loving it. But then again, everything is love. So how is it that doubt is love? Yeah, okay. Uh, it's because the, the process of making decisions, that what we, that's what we came here to do, is to make decisions in this rather thick, muddy world, rather resistant world. And so that's the name of the game. That's the flight. So the more you release it, the more it flows. Well, you got no, I, I, no, I told yeah, yeah, because what has happened since I've got here is I am not judging. I am not resisting. When a thought comes to me that I need to go someplace, I don't put an attachment to it. Yeah. I just go. And That's then it. something wonderful happens, and I meditate every morning. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a process. I know it's a process, and, and I'm getting there. Um, I'm, I'm getting there. But um, I think what you just said is just kind of affirmed what I already oh, knew. Mm -hmm. it, it affirmed a lot of stuff because that's, I think that's been a big process of me here. It's like before in the other state I was living in, I really was the rock. I was <laughs> resistant. And now that I've moved here, it's like I'm, it, it, it doesn't happen anymore. Yes. Um, or or <clears throat> very, very rarely, you know, just a yes. totally different state of mind. And the meditation every single day mm -hmm. is a Oh, that's huge, essential. Yeah, Everyone, yeah. listen, that is essential. You have to meditate daily. That's just shutting off your brain. As I, I, I has, inherited my grandmother's home, and yeah. the first thing I did was set up my meditation room. So I have my, my own room in here that I just come here, and this is where I meditate every day. And it's been a huge help for me. So, Excellent. Um, yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, I, just, I guess I just needed some affirmation. Um, and you, once again... I'm bigger than this. That's the affirmation. Well, you you all you always have your words of wisdom that help me, and I wanted just to say oh, thank you very much. Thanks for saying so. Yeah, that's appreciated. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to your new book. I have your other ones. I'm looking forward to the new one. So me too. <laughs> okay. Well, and I'm going to be seeing Mary in a few weeks. I'm excited yeah. about that. So mm -hmm. um, yeah. So we'll we'll all catch up soon. And thank you so much for your words. Excellent. I really appreciate it, Evel. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Bye. Thank for now. you. Bye. And. Excellent. And here's David Ng, our duck dangler, and here are the quack. This thing quacks me up. This is Mary's deck, by the way, the Chakra Affirmation deck. She has uh, many other decks. Um, the arms of love enfold me with gentleness and wisdom. And that's the crown chakra, and that's what we were talking about. Uh, to recognize that intense love that is the substance of all things, the more readily you can recognize it, uh, the happier, the more evolved, the more powerful, the more etc. you are. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Neville. My name is Cherie. Cherie, what can we do for you? I have a question about indigo adults. Um, yep. I've been learning about this recently. And uh, I think I may be an indigo adult, but I'm wondering what your thoughts are. Uh, do indigos exist? And what do you think? And uh, I'll hang up and listen. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for your call, Cherise. And the um, we human beings have found such a creative way of separating ourselves from our other humans. Um, and as much as uh, some people are taller and some people are shorter, 
some people are girls and some people are boys and all the rest of this. We're all one thing. So now the separation is the attribute of um, parts of the mind that we're outgrowing rapidly. Um, uh, I've got the answer. It's just it won't go through the mouth because it's telepathic. So let me just see if I can get it. Um, let me do it telepathically and own it. Okay, remember earlier in the show I was saying, well, you know, not all people are ascending at the same rate. John called in to talk about that. And then I realized that, so what? It doesn't make any difference. It's just not a criterion by which um, that will do anything other than separate us. The, um, the people that are, um, um, it's, it's just not real. I'd love to believe it, but it's, um, so let me bestow upon you the status of uh, indigo adult. You are an indigo adult. Okay, now uh, go levitate a computer. This is the way this works. This is, um, uh, these measurements we have keep us from experiencing. Uh, each of us has a natural talent that we're supposed, uh, suppose there's a word and a half, um, that we came here to do. Um, and there is a certain, um, what did they call it in the movie, the uh, adjustment committee, <laughs> will insist that you're doing what it is you came here to do. I'd be full-time artist, I'd be full-time writer, I'd be full-time uh, counselor of people, I'd be full-time a lot of different things. And it turns out that sometimes I'm an artist and sometimes I'm a counselor and sometimes I'm a writer and sometimes other things. So sometimes we're indigo, sometimes we're chartreuse, sometimes we're polka dot, sometimes we're striped, sometimes, you know, it's just um, be you, love you, and that's what it's about. Anything that is going to keep you from loving you is nothing that warrants your attention. We human beings have been trained to place our attention on the most insane, innocuous, dumb little things, like the guy passes you on the beltway and you place your attention on them instead of driving, <laughs> okay, and, and you're completely consumed by how dare, now there's a, there's a phrase, that, you know, when how dare goes through your mind, you are the least informed person in the equation. The words how dare, that's what that means, you're the least informed, okay, and so it's just silly to catch up with that person, pull in in front of them and slow down to teach them a lesson. This, that's just nonsense. That's misuse of a human uh, being all the way around. They pass you, oh, he was in a hurry. Pass you, oh, maybe you ought to switch to decaf. Pass you, maybe he's got something important to do. Pass you, hi, peace be with you. Pass you, yes, well, on your journey, my man, enjoy. Um, you know, rather than, uh, yeah. Okay, so all of these little things that create these controversies within us keep us from actually thinking. Remember I said I got caught in the Nicolas Cage movie for two hours where I'm, I'm rooting for the good guy and I'm really pissed at the bad guy. And No, what would those two hours have been? What would they have been? 
Yeah, so the language, the way we... Uh, Sharish, I, I trust you understand we're still talking about this, what would the two hours have been uh, if I hadn't been lost in that um, uh, a distraction, that dream, it was like a dream, I was asleep for the two hours. The, the words we choose to describe ourselves are more correctly designed to put us to sleep, to keep us from understanding, to keep us from thinking. I'm, I'm not any color, I'm not anything like that, I am. And I am that I am. And if somebody really does a really good job of being I am, nobody can hold a candle to him because that's the connection to the innermost part. That's the connection to the very, very center of the universe from which all of this emanates. And um, that's more important than any label you're going to put on it anywhere, anytime, anyhow, and like that. And we're going to be at Ruby Tuesdays, roll the R in Ruby Tuesdays at Fairfax Circle in um, 15, 20 minutes we're going to be there. If you'd like to come out and about and um, come see us, we'd love to have your company. And, and, um, let me see what else. We're planning a Serpent Mound journey again, by the way, Lil. Um, just that we're doing Serpent Mound again, or whoever is interested. Um, coming up in the mid-fall, I believe, was uh, we're going to be at Pathways, uh, ULE in Ohio. Uh, we have a lot of things going on uh, that's going to, be, um, going to be done. And, and, and I would love everyone to know that you are so loved that you are actually love. You are actually love. You are. The substance of you is love. It's not just the heart. The, the things that you see, that's consciousness. The feelings you have for those around you, that's love. And you can love your consciousness. But understand we're far more powerful than this. We've spent a lifetime being trained to attach to things that make us miserable. Uh, well, that was clever. Who thought of that? Oh, you. Yes, good. Good job. You, you took the race offline for, um, what was that, since 2000 BC, we've been offline. Uh, excellent job. I, I commend you. That was very loving of you to do because right now we're awake. And we're so awake, we aren't even upset. We're just so aware. Just thank you. It, it's like, oh, your head clears after a good cold and my sinuses are working again. My brain, my heart, my me is working again. I want to thank everybody, all the dark secret governments, all the um, people that uh, sell children sugar and want us to think it's good for them. Uh, by the way, music is GMO. Uh, in 1953, they changed all the notes to put them slightly off, slightly off, just enough to annoy some part of you. No, we, we gotta we gotta have musicians putting out albums saying that the note A in this album is tuned to the true note A. They've counterfeited with four four four. I gotta you know all of these notes are off enough to um, significantly upset we the human race. And um, yeah, notes GMO. I really the first. I don't care what the album is, the first album that comes out with, we have the authentic notes back, okay? Which means I have to buy every song I ever liked all over again because um, 
you know, this started in 1953. Anything after 1953, ah, humans. As long as we're having fun with it, there we go.